0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. My nephew started doing the cutest thing and I die in a good way every time (laughs) it happens. He unprompted will run up to me and give me a hug and say I love you Abby and I yeah. just but it's like I love you Abby <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I can't handle it like I knew I loved him but it's a whole different other thing to like have him acknowledge that he loves me back even if he doesn't even totally understand what's happening like I'm sure like this was a top behavior to oh, some yeah. extent yeah but It's still
1: really freaking cute. Unprompted, any moments of affection from children are great because there will be times when Penny's just like literally playing and she'll just be like, I love you. Just like random as she's just like going down the stairs to her playroom or whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) so that and it's like really fun because it's just like you're just really happy right now. And you're like loving life. And like, yeah. that's the thing that you know, to to say and acknowledge the like, I feel really good right now. And
0: it's feels right. really good.
1: Yeah, it's the best. Being
0: an aunt is amazing. He saw my aunts this weekend, and they hadn't been around him a whole lot because of COVID and everything. But it was fun to get him to say their name because they hadn't heard him say it before. And it was just like, you know, when a three-year-old says your name for the first time, how special it feels. And yeah, anyway, so.
1: No, kids are cute. We're trying this new thing with Penny where, so, you know, she's five and a half. So she's like almost a kid. Like she's officially out of the toddler children's department at stores. She's in the girls section and that blows my mind in general. But we created this like little reading nook upstairs. And her bedtime historically has always been pretty early. Like it's around 7, 730. And it's just like a just a light gets switched when it's like witching hour at 730, where it's like, you don't have to go to sleep, but you need to be like zoning in for that because meltdowns happen. But she's not tired often. And especially in the summer when it's still like really bright outside, the sun is out for another like hour and a half sometimes. And so we created this little reading nook and we're like, okay, like we're going to do our normal bedtime routine with you. But if you're not tired, you can get up and you can go read. But like toys don't belong over there, just books. When you're tired, you go to bed. And so I was just like, we'll see. Like I am just waiting for like to go into the book. Nook, and there's just like toys and crayons and snacks and like all the things. But so far, she's gone over there, she reads, she's up for maybe like 30 or 45 minutes, and then she like puts the books away, goes to bed, and falls asleep. <laughs> and it's happened more than once, and I'm like, this is really weird. Like, we're starting that, like, she's always been super independent, but this to me feels like the kind of next level of like putting herself to bed kind of thing when her body's ready and it's weird. It's really weird. I'm sure. I can only imagine cuz I'm, my version of that was under the covers of the flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. I just around. like turn on my lamp and I'd read. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see. <laughs> they grow up so fast. <laughs> I know. She's been crushing through some books. Today we wanted to just have like an open honest conversation about what I feel like is a really I don't know, sometimes Unspoken, strong desire of a lot of service based business owners. Yeah. And it's sometimes, I think it more often gets spoken in other business circles like masterminds or coaching programs or whatever. But it's kind of one of those things that said, in my opinion, because I think a lot of people like think that they should want this as a goal. Yeah. And what I find really funny is that there are a lot of things that we do here at Boss Project. One of, and you guys have heard this, one of them being the fact that we're a partnership. And whenever anyone asks us about our recommendations about how to find a good business partner or how to harvest that relationship or like do whatever, we say, don't do it. (laughs) Like it worked out for us. Don't do it. There's so many different things that can go wrong with that, that it's just honestly easier to just be like, we actually don't recommend it. And I feel like this goal is kind of starting to be one of those things for me, only in the sense of like, I don't think you've actually thought everything through with this goal and really realize that you can actually get what you want and you don't have to get reach this goal to get those things. Would you feel the same way?
0: I don't know. It definitely feels different. So like, I totally 100% resonate with the desire of wanting this goal, wanting to hit this goal, feeling like it's a a magical benchmark that would just like make you feel a certain way as a business owner. I totally understand the draw. Now being in those shoes, it absolutely is different than I anticipated. However, I do see some benefits for hanging out here that are just like different than when you're at an earlier stage of revenue growth. So I don't think I would necessarily go back. But I do agree that I would say for the majority, you can probably hit the life and
1: lifestyle goals you want without the need for this. I'm not saying I want to go back in the same sense that, like, I don't want to not have a partnership. But I'm like, "Mm, there's a lot of things you're not thinking about when it comes to goal. So I want to just have a true, like, what does it mean and feel to you versus what does it mean and feel to me conversation. So you guys can get a peek behind the curtain of the expectations and realities of actually owning a seven figure business. And I find it really interesting because I've heard, you know, comments from people who are, haven't even reached their first six figures. And like, yeah, I could see myself like having a million dollar business one day and immediately like if you could hear the soundtrack of my brain, it would be screeching brakes coming to a halt because I know what's on the road, the journey to that. And I know what's on the other side of that. Right, And I also know like the goals of some of those people where I'm like, oh baby, you can have that in like in six figures, like or in like multiple six figures. You don't have to wait for those things.
0: Right. Well, I think that just goes to show that most people's, like actual desires are typically closer to their current reality than a reality that they don't have. Yeah. And so the thing that I think can be hard to manage is as your reality shifts, so do your desires. And so you may keep wanting more, which can be a hard battle, a self battle, I I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because And I'll be the first one to say, like, if this is your goal, and even after the end of this episode, you still have this as a goal. And one of the motivating factors for you is to just say that you did it. That's literally fine. That
0: was one of the main reasons it was on my list. I I had a, I had like a set of check boxes. It was like, you know, after the normal, typical, like, get married, buy a house, all of that, it was like, be completely debt free, have a million, like be a millionaire, have a million dollars of my own and assets, and then run a million dollar company was like on that list. And it's wild.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's kind of start with expectations. I'm sure we'll be bought back and forth between how you thought it might be versus how it really is. Sure. And at least from my perspective, I feel like a lot of the the tone of the conversation that I'm going to be bringing to the table today is really around how I thought it would feel versus how it feels. And I think this is, if this is the like filter I could gift anyone, no matter what stage you're at, is the ability to truly like check in with yourself of how do you want to feel while you're heading towards whatever goal in life or business. And if we can really acknowledge how we want to feel and how we don't want to feel, what we want to do to make that goal happen, what we don't want to do to make that goal happen. If we know those things before we head down a path, then I feel like there's a little bit of pressure released, or at least it could have been for me, in some of the roller coasters that still happen no matter what your revenue is. In but a what did you expect to feel? Oh, I 100% was convinced that this would absolutely feel bigger, flashy, better, have massive impacts on like my life, like as soon as we hit it. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I feel like with the other goals that I had in place before this one, I didn't necessarily expect a massive change for myself. I did expect it to be bigger and it is bigger because I think we forget the reality of where we were a year or even two years ago where it was just, it was just us and like a couple of contractors. Like we have a full fledged staff at this point. So like in a lot of ways it is bigger. I think if you were walking into an office with the same amount of people
1: that currently work at our company every day. Well, and I'm not even talking about the company. I'm talking about like my life. Like I think because in my brain, it gets my perception gets more realistic as we make money and continue to make money. But I'm talking about little business baby me thinking there's a vast difference in having a million dollars in a business versus like 400,000. And thinking, like not understanding, like what does amounts of money equal and what does it mean in like, okay. Like literally my, my little brain was like, There's going to be so much of it that it's like, and literally anything you could have ever like wanted to buy and do is like going to be your reality. That's just so funny to
0: me. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just perception of how things work. But like, I was very conscious that before we hit a million dollar company, like we hovered so close for so long that I was like, we're basically already there. Like we just need to like, If we want to kick it into gear to make that a reality, we can, but maybe I was more aware of, you know, if we were just like one and a half times in the business or 1.2 times in the business, like I know 20% different is not Mm -hmm. massive and, but I can see why it depends on how – when you're thinking about it. Like if I were thinking about it seven years ago, I probably would have thought it was huge. That's what I'm talking
1: about. I'm not talking about the last like however many years. Okay. I'm talking about at the beginning when you say that this is your goal. What but do you I don't think it was
0: to- my goal at the beginning at
1: all. Oh, 100% it was my goal.
0: Oh, interesting. 100%. No. No. My goal was to never have to work another day in corporate again. That was my only goal. I didn't necessarily – have a financial goal initially. Those were, those were challenges that came up for me later.
1: Yeah. I mean, I graduated college and within like two months I bought my first LLC. So I knew I was already in business and I knew there's going to be some version of whatever I'm creating. And I absolutely want it to be like multiple seven figures.
0: Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Is there any expectations you had that were met, like that it was exactly what you expected or very similar?
1: I think what's funny is that like on the same token that I feel like you're going to hear us with a little bit of the like, oh, it's like, I don't want to use the term harder than you think. That's not what I mean. But like there's more nuances than you might think. In the same token, I do feel like we did this? Like we, little old we, like we made a seven figure bid. Like that feels weird. Like some days I feel like not that it was too easy at all. There are definitely been things that were like shook us. Right. But it's like this thing that we created, the things that we're selling are our IP, the culture that we've created, the people who we've brought onto the team, all of those things ultimately have been because of you and I have made that happen. And that it's exciting. And it's like, we did that. And sometimes I think back and I'm just like, the journey of it and the timeline of it was still, even though I was like, maybe frustrated some, some of those instances still felt faster and a little bit easier than I maybe thought it would be. Sure. You know, when I'm
0: thinking about the business itself, I think about a half a million versus a million or more. And I agree that it's not necessarily harder. I don't think my job has gotten harder. I do think it's challenging to because a lot of it comes down to scale. How can you find a service that you can productize enough that you can scale it so that you can sell enough quantity to hit your revenue goals. Like that becomes like a bit of a math problem, but then also just like an implementation problem. How are you going to find the right funnel, right, right sales strategy, right? You know, put the right things in place to ultimately make scale happen. But I think the part that is harder, if we're talking about intensity is the consequences, like the consequences of things going awry, even a little bit in a half a million dollar company were
1: far less intense than they are now. And the ripple effect of those consequences are great. Right.
0: And so it can be It's not necessarily harder to
1: get there. I do think it's harder to maintain it. Well, that's one of the points I wrote down. And I think, honestly, if I could only sum it up to one thing of the expectations versus reality is what people don't realize is that it will take whatever skill set, whatever amount of time, whatever resources to reach it. That's like side one of a record. (laughs) And you literally have to flip it over side two and have completely different skills to maintain it. And I wish there was more discussion. And and I'm not saying like there should be or that it would be easy to have this discussion. I just wish that there were more conversations had from people who've reached it and maintained it that talk about the differences in those things, because quite honestly, in this day and age of how marketing works and how social media works and how viralness works, you could reach it like quote unquote, without even trying maintaining it is where you have to unlearn some things. You have to make some bad choices, good choices. You have to make some steps forward and you take some steps back. And that's where the growth happens. In my opinion, reaching it is like, well, okay, whatever. But maintaining it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why
0: so many businesses ultimately close regardless of stage. I think a lot of people understand the idea of selling to reach a goal, but like, then you've got to quote unquote, like keep feeding the beast or whatever. And so, especially if you have set operational expenses to keep the business running, like salaries and payroll and benefits. And, you know, you could cut a lot of things, you could cut marketing down, you you could reduce the amount of software, blah, blah, blah. But typically, once you pass a certain, certain threshold, your team becomes so much a part of your expenses that Operational costs don't have as much wiggle room as they did when you were smaller mm-hmm. right. because, you know, you could go from you could cut your operational budget in half by just changing marketing dollars when you're smaller. But once you get to a certain size, you maybe could change realistically something by like five or 10 percent in a single mm-hmm. month. Mm hmm. And that may not be enough, like if you're not hitting your other goals. And so I do think that that isn't necessarily taught. Honestly, I think a lot of this comes back to like foundational education that I do think is missing, not just in this online world, but even preemptively in the education system itself, like the education system we all grew up in teaches you to be an employee. It teaches you to take a set of rules, follow the rules and implement based on them. But when you are creating them as you go and leading, you know, I can't tell you how many times I was in a quote-unquote leadership class in high school and college and I was like, this is baloney. Like, I'm already at the top of my glass. Like, why do I need to be taught how to be a leader? Because being a leader is fucking hard and it's not necessarily something you can realistically learn in a classroom because I don't know, as much as I would like it to happen that way, management skills, like I feel like you have to be in a situation that feels real. At least I do. That's why they tried all those group projects. (laughs) Right. I could hypothesize all day long, but until there's the pressure of well, I have to not only maintain the business and the integrity of the business, but I have to maintain this relationship and keep it professional. But I also care about them as a person and mm-hmm. and they have a life outside of work. And in some ways they want to support that, but sometimes they have to pretend like that doesn't exist because of X, Y, Z, other things mm-hmm. happening. And like, that can be a lot. Like there's a reason I'm in therapy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I'm definitely not one to say, for you to maintain a seven-figure business, you probably need to have a team of blank size. Like it's, I think it board. totally depends. It is so different. I do think there are very, very, very few situations where someone is reaching and maintaining seven figures without a team, and I mean maintain for like years to come, right? And building a business that isn't just like a flash in the pan. And I feel like. We sometimes think that those are more reality than they than they truly are because that's what social media likes to portray. I'm just this like solopreneur and I maybe have a contractor and we just like reach and maintain this consistently. And while it, again, it could be true for a handful of people, that is not the bulk of what's happening. And I think the part that I wasn't ready for only in the sense of we just did not we could the collective we do not have these skills is the like the human aspect of having a team and wanting to maintain and grow for that team and we've talked before about how when you've reached a financial point in your business and how much you're making, you need to have that money mean something for you in order for you to keep scaling if that's what you want to do and for us, the money meaning something meant we could create an amazing culture that had like paid time off and great benefits and like, you know, get to spoil our employees in different aspects. And we want to do that. And so the drive behind the goals have shifted, but so does the emotional aspect being tied to those things being met and not being met.
0: One of the areas that I was I don't know what I was anticipating, but I definitely <laughs> what's happening is not what I thought. I don't know if I knew what I thought, but it's, it wasn't this, you know, you build a business and perhaps the majority of you were at some point in the like people pleasing realm, which probably means that on some deep level, even if you've tried to unlearn this behavior, you do care about what other people think, right? And so I've tried so hard to not care what other people think, but dang, I do a lot still. And when I, you know, I think if to some point I thought there would be an expectation that if I hit a certain level that I would somehow start earning respect from people that I previously hadn't. And that A is not necessarily true, but I also think the interesting thing is if people don't understand what you do at a certain stage, it does not, does not mean <laughs> they will understand what you do at a bigger stage. In fact, I, I find they understand less because yeah. they may have some conscious understanding of like the type of service you have, but they don't necessarily know what it takes to run a company. A great example is, and I can't, I never know if he's Jared's cousin or Jared's, second cousin once removed or it doesn't matter. We call him his cousin. Anyway, amazing guy runs an incredible company. He builds cabinets in town. And, you know, he has a physical location. So you add a physical location and staff on site. And it looks a certain way compared to what we do. And I think for a while there, we were competitive in size, but a lot of the family, not that anyone's giving anyone credit. That's not what it's about, but like, he looked like he was running a business and we don't, because it was like
1: like a physical, tangible thing. Like you could literally see it. Yeah. They can see
0: cabinets being built. Now (laughs) the other day they casually mentioned that he's up to like 50 employees. And I I literally was like, Oh my God. (laughs) They're They're like, The funny thing is on the other end of the spectrum is unless you're in it, you have diminishing returns. So like he earned respect for building the business because it's like this physical thing that people can see and understand. But unless you're in a company also running a business with employees, I was like, oh, wow, like he's got to be like at least five or 10 million a year in sales, if not more, because the product is the product has so much physical cost to it and yeah. i just kept going Their location and yeah. and i just kept talking and i was like that piece of equipment alone is like a quarter of a million dollars and and, and like it's so funny when i like lose the rest of the family i'm over here being like incredibly impressed yeah. by what you're like the math now. of
1: this is wild
0: <laughs> i'm like whoa this is crazy and you know everyone else is like to them, he's still the same guy running a physical location. And, like, they may be like, oh, yeah, he has more employees now. But I'm like, what? No. <laughs>
1: like, no, that." And coming from someone who, like, we feel really good at our comfy amount right now, I'm like, that... 50. And granted, it is different. I it's like it's totally different. Those roles are completely different. Totally. But that still doesn't mean you don't have
0: overhead. That's oh no, like the, the costs are the same. The cost and <laughs> <is laughs> <the> stress is <laughs> the same. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow. And so I, you know, I think what a word of warning perhaps is don't make a goal with the idea of trying to win anyone else's anything. Like win respect, win appreciation when insert any other like thing you're hoping to get out of someone else that you have to do it for you
1: or that people will even understand before you even reach those goals it reminds me of this story of so my aunt and uncle own a company and it's a again it's a physical location they're making a part they like make like machine parts for really big pieces of equipment sure and it's like in a weld shop, and they have a physical location. They have employees. They've like figured it out and they make a shit ton of money. And my dad has shared like about our business over the years with them. And in their brain, they're trying to wrap their head around like, what do we have? How do we make money? Right? That's been the conversation we had for a lot of our early years. How do you guys actually make money? What do you sell? Like, because this market was still so new back then. And so I remember they were having one conversation where, and I wasn't a part of it, but my dad told me afterwards, and I can only imagine the like feeling of realization that my aunt was going through when she was like, because my dad was sharing, oh, they just hit this milestone. Like they just hired a a handful of employees. And she was like, oh, that's incredible. Like that must feel really exciting. Like, oh, it will start to feel real and different when they offer benefits or something. And he was like, oh, they do. Like they have a 401k and they have, this, they have health, they figured out health insurance and they offered this policy. And she was like, Oh, well that's crazy. Like, okay, we'll just start feeling like weird and different. And I can't even remember the next, but she went through like three or four different milestones. And dad was like, yes, so yes. So they do that. Like it's happening right now. And in her brain, it was just, I'm sure like just catching up with like all of the changes and all of the the things that happened when we were making those decisions. Cause a lot of them did happen pretty quickly, but it's just really funny because especially when it's not in your industry, you're like, I don't understand how that works and how you're making money. Oh, but you're doing all of these really big things that we're doing too. And that's different.
0: Yeah. I think business is a lot the same from industry to industry. Like there yeah. is so much foundational stuff that's similar. So you could end up in a conversation with, was someone who's not doing anything remotely the same in terms of product and still have, I still have really quality conversation about management or leadership or cost averaging or like, I mean, insert all sorts of subjects. So I I do think in some ways that's been a benefit because, you know, if you're thinking about what you thought it would be like versus not, I was nervous that perhaps because this is a newer industry that it would just feel and be so much different than what other things are out there. But if I've learned anything in the last seven years, it's that business is business is business. And like a lot of the foundational concepts have not changed in a hundred years. And so not that you don't want to make modifications or utilize technology or whatever, but it has been nice to know that the business can be foundational in a way, but it definitely... Has been a learning curve for sure.
1: Yeah. I think we really just wanted to go behind the scenes a little bit because we've, we heard this goal a lot. And I, you know, this is a 30 minute episode already. My response in a coaching call or meeting someone for coffee when they share that this is their goal, I can't really sum up all of that in one response. There are so many nuances to what I hope people think about when they go through this endeavor. And I think the main thing that we, are so passionate about, but inside our programs, yes, but like literally our message here, I hope that you can hear it too. You don't have to just work with us to get this understanding, but I would love for you to, if you, if you want to, is that I want you to just be more aware of how you want to feel and what you want the outcome to be, not the goal that has to be reached in order to get those feelings or outcome. And if you could be more in tune with those aspects before defining what the goal quote has to be in order to get those things, then I think that you can see that there are a lot of different ways to reach that outcome. And coming from someone who has worked really hard over the years, untying my worth with my work I think that the last thread, I'm sure there are 10,000 other threads that I'm just not aware of yet. But the last thread that I've been seeing is this connection, right? Of our business has to make this much money to feel legit, to feel real, to feel like we're changing, you know, the scene, right? And in reality, like the only people it needs to impact are the people within our company us, within our families, the people who we choose to have this ripple effect for, and that those consequences matter more than saying whatever you want because just because you reached it, just because you said it happened.
0: Yeah. If I can leave you with anything, I want you to be considering that there is more than one path to get to where you want to go. And we don't always have to assume it's the first one that we run across or the first one that is the most talked about. It's, It's sort of like the highway versus taking the scenic route. Like you can go multiple ways to get somewhere, but do you want like the beautiful, like slow, steady you know, amazing old school path that someone else used to take? Or do, or do you want to go down the super highway and be distracted by billboards? Like, not that it's exactly like that, but I just think there is more options on the table than you're even putting on the table. And, th- and that's probably what it really comes down to. You may acknowledge there are more options, but you're not even considering so many of them. And I am so proud of the people listening to this show who've really gone down different paths. I've seen a lot happen lately. Some of you are deciding, you know, to put your business on the back burner and go back to work for a bit. And some of you are like, I don't need this massive business. And so I will have it be X and that'll be enough. And here's what I need to get there. Like there's... I just want you to not feel so much pressure all the time for it to have to be a certain way. Well, and a nifty
1: consequence of that is when you realize what you actually want versus what you think that you want is you let go of the vanity metrics and you let go of quote unquote, having the big business that everyone knows about and you end up making more money. (laughs) and you end up working less. You end up having to work with less people and having to do that hustle on the grind part of business that is wrapped up so much in marketing to understand where your next lead is coming from. And ease is brought back in and goals are still met and passed. And so there is a reality where you don't have to give up on the big audacious goals that you have and you don't have to do the burnout type of work to get that and to reach it. So I would love to chat with you about what that could look like. Literally just a personal conversation over on Instagram at boss project. We're in our DMs all the time. I would love to hear from you if you have reaching seven figures or maintaining seven figures as a goal, because in my opinion, those are two separate strategies. And if you're noodling around what that could look like in your current space, and you want someone to just like, have an ear, have a little business ear with you and little chat. We would love to be those people. So head over to Instagram at Boss Project and let's work it out.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation.